Hello, and welcome to the Casual Author Podcast. I'm Dan, host and independent author of sci-fi and fantasy books, father of five, full-time worker, homesteader, and a man of many other responsibilities. I'm here to talk to you about what it's like to be an author, how we can prioritize and be productive, and how we can be encouraged to know that despite our busyness, we can still make the best of our authoring. To learn more about me, my books, or access the podcast show notes, head to dankenner.com slash podcast. Let's get started. Hello, it's Dan, the host of The Casual Author. Excited to be here again with you today. It is Tuesday, June 14th, 2022, as I record this. And this is episode 35 of the podcast. Uh, I feel like every time I hit one of those five marks, I'm like, oh, hey, another milestone, even though 35 isn't technically a milestone. But yeah, we'll, we'll go with it. Today, I chat with E.S. Barrison or Elena Barrison about supporting other authors, uh, which is something that is, is really important as authors to kind of give back as you learn, as you experience new things, to share that knowledge and that feedback with other authors, particularly those who are new. It's something that I think we all kind of forget because we're all isolated and just trying to do our best within our own sphere. So stick around for that. I think you'll really enjoy it. So in, in author news, I'm still plugging through the uh, edits through providing aid of Ascended. And, you know, it's going pretty well uh, for the most part. It's a little bit slower than I expected. My family has been sick this week. Um, all the kids got sick and we were supposed to have family over, so I haven't been working on it as well as I would have liked. But I'm really enjoying the source, the story still. And Paraiding Aid isn't ravaging my book as much as it has historically. <laughs> so I'm really grateful for that. I think that means that I have improved at least somewhat with my writing. So that is encouraging. There's still a lot of color, though. Um, I don't know if I'm grateful or not for the fact that I'm colorblind and it's hard to tell the difference between the different types of feedback because I, I just can't see the colors. I just see when things are underlined and it's like, oh, I see like the thick paragraph of underlines. Like, I don't know what that means. So I just have to go through and try to interpret what the various colors mean. But it works out. I really enjoy the software, uh, which is good. Shielded has been out for a while now. I'm finally ordered author copies of that so that I can start selling signed copies on my site. Hopefully, I'll have that up soon. Um, I did put a temporary pause on the audiobook. As I mentioned, I was hoping to get those up, but I really want to listen to it all the way through to make sure there's nothing else kludgy or strange in it um, so that I can kind of force that audiobook to read it correctly. So I'm just trying to get through Ascended first. I think that's since that's the biggest priority since I will be professionally editing that next month, assuming that I can get it all ready for that. So other than that, yeah, author things have kind of slowed down a little bit, but it is what it is, times and seasons. In in personal news, um, our uh, our side yard has been completely destroyed. So we had some really nice, a great lawn out there, all fenced in by some nice vinyl fencing. But unfortunately, we had to to fix our septic system. So we live we have a private septic system since we live in rural Idaho. Um, we don't we're not close enough to the city to to use their septic and water. So we have our own. Well, it turns out the septic system that was put in is over 40 years old, and the systems only last around 40 to 50 years. So uh, we had to install a completely new one. It's been a huge ordeal. We've been working on it for at least three months, but they finally came and destroyed everything. They dug down four feet, pretty much 
ripped up all of the sod, ruined all of the sprinkler system. So I <laughs> need to to navigate that over the next few months if I don't want all of our the rest of our yard to die. So that's been fun. It's all still torn up. We're still navigating, putting that all back together and then deciding how we want to proceed with fixing that. But that's been fun. Uh, the life of living in a rural spot. I definitely don't regret it, but didn't expect to experience this so quickly after we'd moved here. So there you go, a word of caution. Just be prepared to to pay quite a bit of money to to fix or repair any septic or water systems. Other than that, our goat, our final goat, finally gave birth last week, So, which is great. We were just kind of waiting. She was due about the time we were supposed to have family come over, but she had the babies on Thursday, and she had twins. So that means all of our goats had at least two babies, uh, which is somewhat unusual, especially for the ones who were first-timers. Normally, they only have one their first time. But she had two really small goats. They're adorable. We named them Maddox and Marge, just because, why not? <laughs> Everybody loves old names. Uh, but they are sweet. They actually let us pet them. They're very friendly, which is it's good for a change. Some of the other goats that were born this year are not as friendly. So that's it. No more goats, baby goats this year. Now we just need to sell them because I can tell you feeding 20 goats is expensive. <laughs> so I need to, I need to get some of these sold so that we don't have to feed them throughout the summer. Um, other than that, uh, we planted potatoes. I know a little bit hilarious because we live in Idaho. Why plant potatoes when you can just buy them? Because why not? We wanted to try growing potatoes. We've never done that before. So that's something that's a little bit new. Um, yeah, other than that, the, the homestead is just kind of moving along, just just plugging along or enjoying the the weather recently has been wet, which is good. We've needed the rain. We got an inch of rain yesterday, um, which is crazy. We don't normally get that much rain all at once. But coincidentally, we live about an hour and a half away from Yellowstone National Park. And if you look at the news, there's been wild flooding there. It's been crazy. So we're grateful that we haven't had flooding like that. But you know, grateful for the rain to a point. Uh, I obviously feel bad for people who live near Yellowstone and the flooding that they've experienced. But um, it's good to get some moisture. It's been relatively dry this season. So uh, we are approaching a, a drought pretty quickly. Hopefully this at least helps to, to fill up the reservoirs and whatnot. Now, it doesn't affect us since we have a private well, but it's good for other people. So I think that that's it for personal updates relatively quick today. We'll go ahead and shift over to the interview portion of the podcast. Hey, Elena, how are you? Good, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm excited to be here with you today. I've actually been following you for a while on social media, and I've seen your books floating around. Um, but yeah, I haven't had a chance to read your books. I'm really looking forward to doing that at some point once I can figure out my schedule. Uh, but I always like to start out before we dive into the rest of the interview and, and just have you tell us how long have you been writing and publishing? Yeah, I published my first novel two years ago today. So two years ago on June 14th. And I, but it took me 13 years to write that first book, which thank goodness it took that long because wow. I started when I was 13. And I would have hated to publish what I wrote when I was 13. <laughs> you grow over time. I still have the draft from when I was 13. It, it's painful to read. <laughs> Is that something, do you, do you think you'll ever uh, refurbish that or like bring it back to life and publish it? Well, I mean, this it's essentially what is published now, but much okay. better now, obviously. Like oh, same characters, cool. just kind of 
changed it a lot as I grew older and was like, if we're in a way, it was kind of like a Twilight knockoff when I first wrote it. It's nowhere okay. close to being a Twilight knockoff anymore. <laughs> that That's awesome. Um, you know, I hear a lot of people say that they've been writing since they were kids or teenagers, but a majority of the time they say, oh, I just, I, I threw it into the closet and I kept it for keepsake, but I never intend on touching it again. So it's, it's great that you, you revived it and you actually turned it into something. Yeah. The characters and everything, they were part of my life basically all the mm-hmm. way through mm-hmm. high school and even in early college. But again, it was something where I was like, all right, I, I'll take these characters and their general people who they are and change it to make it more mature as well as you know fit me as I've grown (laughs) yeah that that totally makes sense I admittedly didn't start writing until mainly out of fear I didn't start writing until I was 27 let's see 26 27 so I've always wanted to write a book but I never I just thought I'm a terrible author like I can't write I'm not good at words so, you know, I kind of wish that I had started writing, yeah. have those funny drafts from teenage years, but I don't, you know, I didn't write then. Yeah, you know, I definitely had it in my background for a very long time. My um, grandfather was actually a self-published author okay. in the early 2000s before like Amazon was a thing. So he went to like a small press. Wow. So I saw him publishing his book when I was younger kind of inspired me i had my grandmother was an english teacher so came from a whole family of writers type thing that's cool i think that's amazing i don't think anyone else in my family has has written anything i think i'm kind of the pioneer on that front (laughs) gotta start somewhere (laughs) you gotta start somewhere that's that's true so you write from what i understand gas lamp fantasy correct yes yes do you want to just talk a little bit about what that is yeah well it was something i didn't discover really until after I published, which is kind of bad because I didn't even classify it as that initially. I initially classified my book as dark fantasy, but as I learned more what the dark fantasy tropes were, I was like, no, wait, this isn't dark fantasy. It's something else, but it's not really like high fantasy either. And gaslamp fantasy, there's been a few definitions of it, but my understanding of it is basically it's kind of somewhat like steampunk, but not like fully engrossed in that. It focuses on like the late 1800s, early 1900s themes, but it can take place in fantasy worlds. So you're not having like horseback riding. You might have trains. You might have some technology. In my books, you have telegraphs, for instance. So it's adding that into it. Some of the popular books that kind of have fallen in that is, um, if you look Google Gaslamp Fantasy, like Shadow and Bone appears in, listed in there, as okay. well as like, some books by V.E. Schwab and stuff like that. So there's a lot of popular books that are classified as it. It's just not a, like the main genre that they might be placed into. Okay. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, I probably have read books like that. I can't pinpoint any. I haven't read the Shadow and Bound series, but um, that's really, that's really fascinating. Uh, yeah. You... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, it was one thing when I started reading, but I'm like, oh, wait, that is what my book fits in. So classifying books as an author is one of those things that you don't think about as you're writing okay there's a lot of people that are like oh I'm, I'm targeting this specific genre and i'm writing to it which is great you know that that's excellent yeah. i think there's a lot of indie authors and just authors in general there's like i've this, got this great story this creative story with the conflict and the characters and i don't know how to classify it 
And then when you get to that point, you're like, oh, shoot, I have to, <laughs> I have to classify yes. this. Yeah, it was so hard because I'm not writing about, you know, fantasy as a whole. A lot of times you're writing about dragons and swordsmen and all that stuff. I'm not writing about that. So I was like, what genre am I in? Like, I know mm-hmm. I'm fantasy, but what, mm-hmm. especially since fantasy is so broad too. It really is, uh, which is great, though. I mean, it just kind of touches on a lot of people's preferences and, and you know, the types of stories they're seeking. So yeah. I think it's great that it's so broad. Um, yeah, one thing that I've been so impressed with when I've seen your videos and your objectives and projects, so to speak, that you're working yeah. on, you you are very great at supporting other authors. And you almost have like this kind of passion for author supporting authors. I'm curious to, to dive into a little bit more of where that originated, you know, why you are so passionate about authors supporting each other. Yeah, it comes back to when I first published the book, basically for my book, for my event, my publication event, which I wish I could replicate that again, but it was so much work the first time. And it was in the middle of like the pandemic. So I had a bit more free time on my hands. But during that time, I interviewed like 10 authors as a part of my release event, because I thought to myself, it's like, if I'm going to be going out and trying to promote my book and ask for reviews. I should be doing the same for other authors as well, rather than just, you know, holding up my book and say, buy my book. Mm-hmm, because it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of an internal, I guess, like anxiety thing or self-doubt thing. I don't want to, you know, promote myself without helping others. And it can get very cumbersome. The last couple of months have been a bit more difficult for me to do it. Because it it is draining after a while because I'm sure like, is this worth it? But it is because there's so many undiscovered books out there. There's plenty of people reading the books that have tens of thousands of reviews, but not so much for the ones that only have 50 reviews or less. Mm, mm, yeah, then that's definitely true. And I think in this specific instance, you're highlighting that your support in you, you mentioned your your author interviews, which we'll touch on in just a moment. But mm-hmm. I know you've done a lot of reading and reviewing of other authors. But yeah. and, and that's, you know, what you're referring to and kind of pinpointing those authors who may not have a lot of reviews and reading their books and giving an honest review, not necessarily in exchange for anything, but showing, hey, this we're authors, this is hard. I'm willing to help you and just kind of providing this great example of an author um, supporting other authors, which I think is amazing. Um, Yeah. And I think, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I think a lot of authors have been very appreciative of it too. And this has been kind of part of the burnout that I've been feeling with it, but I'll get back on it probably soon is I do write very comprehensive reviews, but they're honest and kind. So I'm not going to just give every single small author a five or four star review. I have given some three star reviews and a very few two star reviews, but I'm always very kind in those reviews, like saying, hey, it wasn't for me. I'm not going to go say this book was terrible. No one pick it up. (laughs) That doesn't sound like it would be overly helpful. Uh, No, No, you want to you want to be if you're going to be if you're going to leave that sort of negative review or lower tier review which a three-star review isn't bad it's just you know middle of the road Mm, mm -hmm. you want to be constructive with it so if an author chooses to look at the review they can use it to grow Mm -hmm. absolutely well i mean that just kind of lends us to the topic or leads us to the topic rather of of how authors can support other authors and i think there's many different ways to do this in 
honestly, reading their book is yeah. is major for a lot of people uh, yeah. because <laughs> being an author can feel very isolating. I don't know about you, but when I first wrote my book, the first book I ever wrote, I just kind of sat on it for a year or two because I didn't know what to do. I was like, all right, well, now I have this book and I'm just going to like sit here because yeah. I, I didn't have any connections or, or authors or really a lot of people supported me. My wife supported me, of course. Um, yeah. But yeah, once you, you realize, Hey, there's a lot of other authors, particularly indie authors that are like, Hey, we're, we're all trying to figure this out. Some are more successful than others, but we, we help each other out because that's what we're here for. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I mean, I get it to be 13 years to write my first book, right? but eventually it got me to the point where I was kind of ready to publish was I got into a writer's group mm, and okay. I was still the first person in that group to publish. It was a bunch of people. And honestly, the two other people, unfortunately, seem to have given up on their writing, which is, and I've tried to encourage them to keep going, but mm, like yeah. life happens and maybe they'll pick it up again in the future because one person had a kid you know how that goes. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I understand their lives changed completely, but having that support from other writers kind of helped push me to, okay, it's time to put this out into the world and, you know, hope for the best. Absolutely. I mean, that's just kind of that a positive approach, um, re- respectful and open approach to supporting other authors. I think once you kind of get into social media, I, I'm not trying to speak negatively about social media, but I wouldn't say that supporting someone necessarily only on social media would feel as meaningful, perhaps, as spanning beyond that. Like you said, reading, reviewing books, you know, giving that feedback in your reviews. That's just more meaningful than, you know, just leaving a quick comment on something. I'm not downplaying people who like videos and and comment and whatnot. But to me, I don't really feel like that's as much support as more as, and you're just kind of doing your part to try to, you you can't really guess the social media algorithms <laughs> so i was like yeah and like and it's draining on social media like <laughs> i'm i'm introverted i to go and comment on people's videos all the time or on their post on instagram or wherever it's exhausting for yeah. me at least <laughs> no it is it, it's exotic so, how it so is so i'd rather just sit there and read a book and then give feedback and you know support them both monetarily and you know with a review and like for me as an author, personally, reviews are the most meaningful thing, even more than purchases. I mean, I want people to purchase my books. Don't get me wrong. Please don't pirate my books. <laughs> but, mm, well, yeah, that's all topic in and of itself. But I agree. Yeah, the, it's it's that feedback that I think it's kind of hard to, to source, admittedly. Um, but it's such an amazing way to support other authors, given that you actually have time to do so and that the feedback is actually constructive. So, um, which sometimes it, it's not other people yeah, may I've think there's weird yeah. reviews. Like, I think I saw on someone's book, like all I wrote was this book is like poop. I'm like, oh, okay. <sighs> that's very constructive of you to give you them that feedback. Yeah, I mean the the thing the thing about feedback that is is relatively dangerous. I think all feedback can be helpful, uh, but everybody has their own subjective view on the world and and your book and everything. 
And that doesn't necessarily mean that because they dislike your book, your book is terrible. It's just, all right, maybe it didn't jive with them. But if they give more feedback, it's like, oh, I can see that. Or, oh, well, it just you just picked up the wrong book, right? That's not what I was yeah. going for. You misinterpreted it. But at least receiving that feedback is so important. It's a massive yeah. form of support. And I mean, obviously, as authors, we have to, there's a fine line when we do give that feedback yeah. because we want to do it in the right way because you don't want to review a book and that person get takes it personally and goes get like attacks your books so you don't want to be like you don't want as an author you don't want to attack other authors Mm, but mm -hmm. you want to be constructive in your feedback so if they choose to go and read your book they're going in not like offended or anything if you gave a negative review which again i don't really think any reviews negative unless it's really poorly done (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Uh, in that case, it would technically be negative, but not necessarily because of the author, more because the person was unwilling to put in the effort yes. to, to give them the, the right feedback. Uh, but, you know, as an author yourself, I think it's it's always great to flip this around and be a little bit introspective uh, when we're thinking, because you're an author, I'm an author, and we've been yeah. through various challenges and we know what types of support might help us. So like as an author, what what is some of the favorite support that you have received or you would like to receive from other authors? Yeah, I mean, obviously the book reviews for sure, but one of my favorite things is over the past few months, now that the world has kind of reopened, I've been doing um, Comic-Cons actually. Okay, like yeah. Small comic events. And there's other authors there and tips that they give you there. Like if they're not gonna purchase your book, just the support, like saying, hey, I'm going to add you on Facebook so you can join my author group. And also just sharing like tips of the trade, like how to market at these events. And that is just, I think, so important too, is don't hide how you've gotten your success because otherwise people will just see you being successful or not successful, whichever way you <laughs> see it and be like, wait a second, how did you get there? And if you're like, oh, it's a secret then that's not really supporting other authors. <laughs> no. <laughs> Which I don't no. think I've ever met someone to say it was a secret, but definitely getting that feedback from those other authors, as well as, you know, ideas of how to improve my marketing online or at these live conventions is so helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I don't think, I, I think a majority of authors in this world aren't mean right no, <laughs> they're no, not, not out out to get us in that you know they want to reserve those secrets for themselves however i do think that there there can be instances where people don't think about hey i've been successful who can i share this with and who can i share this information with now, not everybody has a podcast not everybody has you know a blog or wherever they're sharing their secrets yeah. but i think as authors it would always be beneficial to look at ourselves and think hey i did x thing whatever it was and it really helped i remember when i was an author a year ago i would have had no idea that this would have helped me who can i share this with to yeah. kind of bolster their perspective um, on, on authoring. So I think that's a good way to look at as an author, you, you may not be keeping them intentionally, but it's like, ah, maybe I'm not sharing enough, right? Maybe there's more I can share with about my success. Yeah. Now, one thing that you shouldn't be doing as an author, unless you really are that successful, I guess, is you, I'm sure you've seen these, they're like the, the paid courses by different oh, authors and you're I like, and you look at the books and they're like, they aren't that successful really. <laughs> Really, well, yes. from selling this course, so it's like don't try and like create a safeguard 
from your success to try and share it because in the end, we're not competition. Yes, there's a lot of choices for readers, but readers read multiple books. Mm, so mm-hmm. we're, we're not competition necessarily. Unless, I'm, even if you've written almost the exact same stories, but with slightly differences and didn't know about it, you're still not each other's competition. You're just two very similar stories with similar tropes. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. The, I've, I've seen, I've seen some author courses where, you know, they're touting all these secrets to success and yeah, you look and it's just like, wait, that, that doesn't add up. Right. There's, or, you know, you see those videos of here's how to gain a following on X social media platform. Yeah. You're like, you have the same amount of followers as me. So I'm just going to go yeah. ahead and, and, and not watch that. Uh, <laughs> or it's dated by 10 years at this point. Like, yeah, that's true. Who would have thought that TikTok would be the place to sell books? Mm, yeah, that's true. That is <laughs> a wild thing. I never expected it. So, yeah. Um, it's, and I think, obviously as authors it's our job to kind of filter through the feedback and the the advice that we receive but i think at least give us the option give other authors the option to filter through and make decisions you know and as a new author you feel very isolated you don't know what you're doing and you don't even know what feedback to look for because you you don't know where to find it. So if we're somewhat more free, and I would say only if you can, you really have value behind it to actually charge for what you're, you've learned. Yeah. Like That's fine. I'm not condemning that. If you want to make money from it, cool, good for you. But make sure that you're successful before you yeah, do because that. Yeah, like, in all honesty, like I've said this to myself, it's like if I had the time and the energy to do it, I would like, you know, offer mentoring to some smaller authors I wouldn't I, if I'd be honest it's like I've only sold this many books and this is my success in these areas maybe you'll be better than me but I just don't have time to you know do the full mentoring and everything you know we all have full-time jobs outside of our writing unfortunately <laughs> yeah 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 majority of us do that's for sure <laughs> except for perhaps well, you don't have a full-time job you have kids or whatever full-time responsibilities yeah that's for yeah. sure but you know that i mean that just kind of circles back and circles me back to the, the different forms of support you can give now prior to now i was saying hey if you can offer more meaningful support than commenting liking videos on social media but i mean at the same time if you recognize hey i don't i don't have a lot of time i don't feel like i can extend myself to say read x number of books a month and give reviews i don't feel like i can get on -on one-on-one calls think about you know what can i do as an author given my circumstances where i can support others um i don't know if you're involved with any discord groups is that where you're I've used to, yeah, I've been involved in a few of them before. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a really weird thing, admittedly, <laughs> but, yeah. but it, it can be an, an encouraging way to support other authors, you know, encouraging yeah. notes here and there, feel, you know, creating this type of community, Facebook groups. Is, where do you house your um, writing group? Is that on a platform like that? My small writing group that I used to have was on discord actually. And that was like, okay. again, really small. And, but then now I have like, you know, I'm part of a few Facebook groups and stuff like that, where I can get that connection with people and get feedback. And I mean, I think going back to commenting on social media posts, it's like, if you don't have time to read books, then yes, commenting and, you know, sharing social media posts by authors is a really helpful way of, to get, especially in like TikTok with the algorithm, mm-hmm. more interaction. 
Instagram's a little bit different because I, I haven't quite figured out Instagram. I haven't figured out really anything, but it's like, I just post on Instagram and hope for the best. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have never uh, understood Instagram and I don't have uh, an aesthetic. Let's say that Instagram somewhat yeah. requires some type of aesthetic. Uh, um, I tried to have aesthetics and then it would fall apart because mm-hmm. I just don't know how to maintain it. <laughs> that's it it's 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 making beautiful pictures is way too time consuming for me right? <laughs> especially since i'm colorblind and you know i i find a lot of i'm relatively relaxed so it's hard to think oh be specific about this picture to make it look good for everybody else it's like oh it looks fine to me uh yeah <laughs> so I, I don't, it's a really weird thing but um I think this this is something that we just need to think about, open our, our minds up to is how can, what can I do to give back to others? How can I share information, at least make myself available for other authors to be like, hey, do you have any advice or do you have any um, information about X? I can say yay or nay based on my experience, but more than likely, you know, we've, we've both been published for a couple of years now. And I have learned so much either on my yeah. own or from other people. And I'm willing to give back. I'm willing to share that. And I know you yeah, probably are as well. Too. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I'm, I, I actually did a comic con this past weekend. It was a small con, like 300 people were there. Okay. And my, but I actually was, I had some people come up to my booths who, you know, who were planning on publishing or they were younger writers. So high school age or whatever. And they came and asked me a bunch of questions about the process. And I even did like a small panel with another author there. And doing that just feels so good because you get to see like how thankful they are for that information. And I gave them my email address because I had my business cards anyway. But I gave them my email and said, please feel free to email me. Will they email me? I don't know, but it's giving them that option to reach out. Mm-hmm. Making yourself available, I think, is is the first step. Um, yeah, and, and available in, in in as much of a in as way as you can. I mean, it just depends on your time. Of course, we're all busy. Yeah, but uh, I think that's really cool, though. And if they do reach out to you, how great does it make you feel as an author who you know is has varying degrees of success right i mean uh, we're all trying to scrape in some of those reviews as best as we can yes but you know you are it's not a comparison game or or like a race like you said but at the same time you have two years of experience or more over 13 years right of actual writing experience you've grown a lot so i think authors also need to have confidence in themselves like actually i know some things now i'm not like overly successful but I know some things that will help. And I know some things to avoid. <laughs> right? I've learned. It does create imposter syndrome. I know so many authors deal with oh, imposter yes. syndrome and stuff like that. Because it's like, you know, I see myself and I'm like, some people come to me asking questions and everything, but then I, you end up comparing yourself to other people. And it's like, I'm not doing as well as them. But then you have to remind yourself, okay, step back, look at yourself from a smaller author's position or a new author's position. And think about how they they're viewing you, and what successes you have had so far. Absolutely, that's definitely the way you should look at. Now that doesn't cure imposter syndrome, no. but <laughs> I wish it did. It at least helps you realize, oh, actually, I can help other people, right? I, I'm worthy, so to speak, or I'm capable of of sharing things that could help others. So yeah. it kind of opens up those doors, which is yeah. important. If you're planning on helping other people. 
Yeah, definitely. But <laughs> I, I'm curious to know if you, uh, how do I say this? If you've run into some problems because you, you know, with your supporting other authors, have you ever, I don't say regretted it, but gone too far or been like, ah, oh, maybe this isn't as helpful as I thought it would be. Just, just things that might help listeners realize, oh, maybe that's not as helpful as I thought it would be in terms of supporting other authors. I mean, I think I've been able to draw a pretty good line. Good. Mostly. That's great. There was a case sometime where a few about a little less than two years ago. So soon after I first published, I tried to create a a reader group where we would support indie authors and indie authors were allowed to join as well. And what happened was though, I didn't do a good job at creating lines between it was in the discord. So you can kind of hide pages. And I didn't think to hide the pages where the, um, so the authors couldn't see the discussions that the readers were having and an oh, author yeah. joined the group and we weren't we weren't like destroying the book we were just, just most of us had given that book about three stars and we were discussing the pros and cons and i think it upset them and they left the group and then i think they unfollowed me on instagram later and i kind of felt bad about that afterwards so it's like if you are going to have a reader group where you're going to discuss these smaller author groups potentially create either safeguards against them seeing your discussion or invite them to come in in a separate way, not necessarily in your group directly because Mm -hmm. it definitely did. And again, it's like, it's not like they negatively went and attacked any books or anything, but it was something that happened and it was, they didn't say anything, but I noticed it happened because I noticed them leave the group. And I noticed them unfollow me. I'm like, they probably saw the conversation because I did not do the right thing as a group leader and protected them from seeing these candid discussions because readers have the right to discuss your book candidly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I totally agree. And I, I think this is where it really comes down to helpful information versus unhelpful information, right? I mean, as authors, feedback is kind of the the redeeming factor for our ability to write and improve. Obviously, as authors, it, a lot of authors have said, my first book is crap, or, you know, my first few books were crap. And, and that's not always the case for everybody. But it's, it's ind- indicative of, as authors receive feedback, they can apply that feedback and become better authors. But yeah. But it comes down to oversharing the data or the information that that they don't need. Like that discussion that you had, it was obviously not intended to harm anybody's feelings or make them feel bad, but it was real discussion and important as readers to connect and be like, oh, you know, maybe I didn't see this or I didn't interpret this correctly or whatnot. It's important discussions to have. But if you're supporting other authors, just think about like, okay, is this actually helpful to them? If not, then I don't need to say it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. After that happened, I basically start. I mean, the group didn't last too much longer after that because people just stopped reading. So uh, there was no sure. discussion. Yeah. But what I ended up doing was I started saying, okay, if the author joins the group, they can't see the discussion page of their story. There'll be a separate page or like Discord's thing that basically where they people could ask the author questions instead. Mm-hmm. And it, because I, I just as a safeguard, but it was a learning experience. Again, I never had a conversation with the author about it. And maybe I'm reading too far into it too. But the fact that it all occurred at the same time tells me that that's what happened. 
And most of us thought the book was, you know, a three, three, three and a half star book. It wasn't like we were tearing it to shreds. We were just like, ah, eh, this didn't really work for me or something like that. Well, I think we all want to be five star authors. Let's be honest. Oh, we can't all be that way. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. I would say, which like, oh, wait, why wasn't it five stars? It's just, it is part of the imposter. Yeah. It's like, thing. even when you see a three star review and knowing that three star reviews are still good reviews, yeah. there's still that momentary pit in your stomach, like, oh. Yep. <laughs> but then you go on because it's like, no, three stars. That's still considered on Goodreads, at least. It's still considered a good review. <laughs> and it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I guess this is kind of twofold because I think about myself as an author as well as a reader. If anybody, an author, asks me for feedback, I, I make sure to to look at it primarily from a reader's perspective because I think that, that advice at least from for me, since I'm not like an experienced author, is going to be most helpful. Because like as a reader, this is what it made me feel. This is where I was slow. Like this is where I wanted to stop reading because I was bored. Like because you know the readers are the people you're trying to reach, not the other authors. Right? I'm trying yeah, to reach I, the readers. Yeah. When I review a book in my comprehensive reviews, I do kind of like the sandwich method. I start off with what the book is about. Then I get into all the good things in the book, all the things yeah, I like. Sure. What I, then I try to ha- keep short what I didn't like, or if there was something, if there was noticeable editing, editing or grammar errors, errors, I will make a note like, "Hey, there were er- there are grammar er- errors, but it didn't take me too much out of the story, or if it did, it took me out of the story." One of the sure. two, mm-hmm. and then you know, finish it off with something good. Even if I end up writing a ton of things I didn't really like, I try to be constructive. That's saying that it's like, it just wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily that it was bad. Like there was, a, and like the, I know there was a book a while ago, I don't remember name or author or anything, but it was a portal fantasy type book that it had a lot of tropes in it that I just didn't like. It wasn't for me. It had, you know, like, a very fast romance, a bunch of things I just didn't like. So I was like, okay, this is what I liked. I didn't like these things, but I just don't like those tropes. So if you like those tropes, go for it. And here's my final thoughts on it. And I think that's the most valuable thing you can give the author or readers who are going to go read the review. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. I I totally agree with that. Um, Now I, as I'm giving that feedback, like you said, just make sure that it's it's given in a healthy way and that you recognize this is the type of feedback that's helpful. Um, but also trying not to get overly critical of, you know, perhaps style or prose, because that, that's something that is personal to that author. Everybody has different yeah. styles. Everyone has. And, and just because it didn't necessarily jive with you doesn't mean that the writing's bad. Some people, you know, a rave about a certain authors that I personally don't enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> we won't get into any of those. I'm just like, that's just yeah, not my favorite. Yeah. Noticing prose and everything like that. That's a more writer perspective. Yep, exactly. Not necessarily, not necessarily a reader. I mean, there are readers who will notice that. And most of the time, when it comes to the writing style, all I comment on is if it, the book was too fast or too slow paced for yeah, me, because that's sure. a reading thing. Like, because mm-hmm. Uh, there's a sweet spot for me where it's like the perfect pacing and I'll comment if I think it was too slow or too fast paced. Yep. And I think, and then you just hit the nail right on the head. I think with that is um, writer advice 
it isn't always helpful because everyone has different styles and it's, it's yeah. great that it's different from your own. That's yeah, not a like problem. The difference between a review that you're giving as a reader who is an author versus a critical review that you're giving to an author that they asked for. Yes. Yeah. Because like if, it, if an author comes up to you and saying, Hey, can you give me your thoughts on all these things with my writing? Yeah. That becomes a critical thing. So then of you course. can say, Hey, this doesn't work. Or if they come up to you to ask, or proofreading or beta reading or any of that but there there is that line that needs to be drawn yep absolutely and if the line's not been drawn always approach it from the reader perspective yes exactly <laughs> unless given not to say permission but um being told otherwise let's just say that. yeah yeah like i did a beta reading for an author a couple of years ago and they said tear it apart so i did so i didn't tear yeah, it okay. apart but you know i gave them very distinct advice, very deep advice. And they're like, it was super helpful. And then I read the book when it finally came out. I'm like, Hey, they did take that advice. They did add that in. Okay. They didn't take the advice I had there, but that's okay. Yeah. But I mean, they have the option to do that. So yeah, that's, that's, what's great. Well, I, this has been super helpful. I think this opens up a lot of doors and, and windows, whatever you want to interpret it as for other authors saying, hey, how can I give back? How can I share my experiences? How can I seek? You know, perhaps you're a newer author. How can you seek advice and feedback from other people in a, in a good way? Um, but yeah. before, we, before we close out, I'd love for you to share, where can people find more information about you and your books? So if they want to look into you and, and read some of your books. Yeah, um, my website is esbarrison-author.com and you can find all the information there, but I'm also on Amazon. I'm a wide published on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Kobo, all those websites. And if you look up ES Barrison on Facebook or there's different variations of ES Barrison on Instagram and TikTok, like one I believe is ES Barrison Writing and the other is ES Barrison Author. I really need to get those all under one username so it's easier. <laughs> but yes. you can find me there. I mean, there aren't really too many ES Barrisons, so you should be able to find me. Should find it pretty quick. Oh, I, this is great. Thank you so much. And I, I know that just this is June. It's June 14th today. But you have some sales on your book. So yeah. if you're listening to this now or in the, in the next couple of days, you should grab those books while you can. Yes, the, it, the deals will be going until the end of June. So okay, 99 cent deals on two of the books and one ninety nine on another. So, you know, perfect. that's pretty cheap. <laughs> that gives, that gives you plenty of time. Those listening to, to pick up those books by A.S. Barrison. So, yeah. well, great. Thank you so much for joining me. Hopefully you can do this another Thank time. I hope you found that interesting and useful. I know that you know support for other authors is something that I think we overlook because we're just so ingrained in our own processes and trying to keep our head above the water, so to speak, with all of the things that are going on. But sometimes giving back can help us, uh, you know, put it in perspective of hey, you know, there's there's a lot I can do to help other people, and I have gained a lot of knowledge in my experience in publishing. So think about that as you go about your authoring. Um, so if you have any questions for me, of course, you can contact me at authordkenner at gmail.com. Also, if you have any um, friends or family, you people that would be interested in joining me to talk about their writing um, experience, or if they have advice, just let me know. Uh, of course, you can contact me at email or um, dankenner.com is another great place. So thank you again for listening. I look forward to talking to you next week.